We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 732 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. Winter break is over, at least for a lot of people. Uh, But for many people, it is back to work. For many people, it is back to school. If you are Carolina Panthers owner David Tepper, (laughs) perhaps it is back to some normal behavior. Uh, He on Tuesday got fined $300,000 for what the NFL called, quote, unacceptable conduct, end quote, as uh, old Davey Tepper was caught on video throwing a drink (laughs) in the direction of a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. This during the Panthers' 26-0 loss at the Jags this past Sunday afternoon. Hey, even Dan Snyder never threw a drink at a fan at least as far as we know. Hello and welcome to this Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, the team that the Danny used to own, the Commanders, uh, that team's miserable 2023 season is nearly over. It is almost done. Uh, one more game to go home to the Dallas Cowboys this Sunday afternoon at 425. What we on this podcast are calling the biggest must lose game in Washington history, given the draft implications, given that the commanders right now are clinging to having the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. But the game also is almost certainly the final game for Ron Rivera as Washington head coach. Ron did a press conference on Tuesday afternoon, what was a somber, reflective press conference at which he did not name a starting quarterback for Sunday. So we must wait to see if Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett or Jake Fromm will be the commander starting quarterback on Sunday. But next segment, I'm going to take you through the most notable things that Ron said. And that's going to lead into a discussion of something that has bothered me for a while, and perhaps has bothered you for a while. This notion that Ron has changed the culture for the team. That, hey, Ron is Washington head coach, hasn't won like we wanted him to, but he at least changed the culture. He significantly improved the culture. Uh, No, he hasn't. I will explain. 
next segment. I'm then going to get into the future of Commander's football operations, some reports in recent days about the setup of Commander's football operations moving forward. Uh, What should that setup be? Nothing will matter more than who makes up the setup, right? But as managing partner Josh Harris prepares to clean house, uh, what is the right football operation structure for the team moving forward? Also on the show, we'll talk Capitals, a win at the arch rival Pittsburgh Penguins, 4-3 on Tuesday night. I have a college basketball segment for you of losses for Maryland and Georgetown on Tuesday night. The Terrapins lost to number one Purdue, 67-53 at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland. The Hoyas lost to Creighton, 77-60 at Capital One Arena. Uh, And I have some college football for you, some thoughts on an unfortunate (laughs) game for number 12. 23 Liberty, a 45-6 loss to number eight Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona on Monday afternoon, New Year's Day afternoon. And we on Tuesday afternoon learned that the Flame Star quarterback, Caden Salter, is entering the NCAA transfer portal. You can hit me up on X at Algaldi. You can email me, the Algaldi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Brian Young on Sam Hell, writes Brian. After much crying <laughs> and thought processing, I conclude that I would stick with Sam for next year, but also take a quarterback in the early rounds of the 2024 draft. I strongly feel that the defense contributed mostly to Sam's performance down the stretch and definitely after the trades of the two defensive ends. The defense gave up so much and put a lot of pressure on Sam nearly every game to dig out of holes, which destroyed his confidence. Moving forward with new coaching, smarter drafting, and improved offensive line, and just resetting himself should prove successful. Keep up the great work, Al, and I look forward to another Hall of Fame offseason. After all, we are the best at that. Uh, Thank you for the email, Brian. Yes, we are the best at the offseason. You know, it's so funny looking back on what the thinking with the commanders this season was. Young starting quarterback, yes, but the defense will be good. The defense will lead the way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that has not exactly happened. Uh, You can't absolve Sam Howell of blame for his bad play because there are plenty of examples of quarterbacks on teams with bad defenses having good seasons. Heck, look at Green Bay Packers quarterback Jordan Love this season. Uh, He, for this regular season, is 10th among all qualified NFL quarterbacks in ESPN's total QBR. And yet the Packers for this regular season are 28 out of 32 NFL teams in total defense per DVOA. A Packers defense for which the defensive coordinator is former Redskins defensive coordinator Joe Barry. But Jordan Love right now is blowing up. He, over the Packers' last seven games, during which the team is 5-2, and two, has 16 touchdown passes versus one interception. So the excuse of the commander's bad defense for Sam Howell only goes so far. But yeah, the defense has not helped, especially considering that this is Sam's first season as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Email from Marlon G. Um, the commander's loss to the 49ers, writes Marlon. Hope that you had a good holiday season. A couple of takes from Sunday's game. One is, where was Chase Young? Even with Washington's bad offensive line, what I saw was Chase doing what he was doing when he was with us. Not a lot of push or rush. And when he was close, that was just about it. I was questioning the trading of Chase, but not anymore. 
Now to our team. How come we can't do what the Cardinals did at the Eagles? Even the Giants show fight. Yeah, I'll take the loss, but how about some fight? The Cardinals this season have beaten both the Cowboys and Eagles, and I think that Washington has the better roster. Uh, Thank you for the email, Marlin. Yes, 49ers edge defender and former commander's edge defender, Chase Young. He and his return to FedEx Field did not have a very good game. Uh, On Monday's show, episode 731, purposely did not talk much about Chase because I wanted to see what the advanced stats for his performance were. The box score stats were not good, but box score stats, especially for defensive linemen, don't always tell the whole story. Well, Chase in the game played on 57% of the Niners' defensive snaps. He had no sacks. He had one tackle. He had one quarterback hit. And he, for Pro Football Focus, had one pressure and a pass rush grade of just 48.1. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. And the commanders in this game had two backups at the offensive tackle spots. Cornelius Lucas was the left tackle and Trent Scott was the right tackle. And each guy played on 100% of the commander's offensive snaps. So the team this past Saturday put left tackle Charles Leno Jr. on the reserve injured list due to a calf injury. And right tackle Andrew Wiley was inactive for this game due to an elbow injury. Chase Young in this game was very underwhelming. And while he has done some good things this season, and while him being acquired by the Niners has coincided with a rise in sacks by the Niners, the truth is that it is looking like Chase will never be what he was drafted to be, a truly great NFL edge defender. Uh, Keep in mind that he's not even starting for the 49ers. Big picture, Washington spending the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft on Chase and then getting just a 2024 third round compensatory pick for Chase via that trade this past October 31st. Major disappointment, pennies on the dollar. But Chase, especially with him not under contract beyond this season, especially with his injury history, especially with the clashing with Rod Rivera, and especially with Chase's overall production as an NFL player was not worth more than a third round comp pick. Uh, As for why the commanders this season have not pulled off major upset victories like the Arizona Cardinals have, that's a good question. And it brings me back to something that was in that lengthy piece co-authored by ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler and ESPN Commander's insider John Kahn. The piece came out on December 6th. Headline, quote, how the commanders reached the crossroads and what comes next, end quote. The piece had some interesting nuggets on Ron Rivera as a motivator, quote, with Washington sitting at 26-36-1 during his tenure, questions about Rivera's ability to maximize the team's ability persist. Rivera often begins meetings with three words that serve as team pillars, attitude, preparation, effort. Feeling the mantra was ringing hollow, Rivera stopped using it this season, a team source said. For whatever reason, the players just didn't seem to be fired up this year, one front office source said of Rivera's motivational impact, end quote. That quote really stood out to me. For whatever reason, the players just didn't seem to be fired up this year. Now, this is the NFL. These players are professionals being paid a lot of money 
and should not need a head coach to say just the right thing in order to be motivated. Uh, The profession should be motivation enough. But, you know, in life, what should be the case and what is the case often are uh, two different things. And so while, yeah, NFL players should be self-motivators, many are not. And so part of the job of being an NFL head coach is motivating players and connecting with players and getting them into headspaces by which the players' performances are maximized. And clearly, this has not happened with Ron Rivera. Ron is 61 years old. He had the cancer battle in 2020. You do wonder if he has lost the touch, the fire to motivate and connect with today's NFL player. We can't know the answer to that with certainty. We're not privy to everything happening behind the scenes. But how do you not at least wonder about that, especially off that quote? For whatever reason, the players just didn't seem to be fired up this year. Well, the great law firm of Paulson and Nace is always motivated to fight for victims harmed by the negligence of someone else. Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients and was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firm's 2024 edition. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C., and West Virginia. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during diagnosis, during surgery, or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. Attorneys Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are experienced trial attorneys who are not afraid to take cases to trials. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, Tuesday was January 2nd, 2024. What was the four-year anniversary of the introductory press conference for Rod Rivera, as Redskins head coach. Uh, Yes, four years ago, Tuesday, 
It was the Ron Rivera intro presser at Skins head coach, the presser at which the Skins owner at the time, a man named Dan Snyder, uh, screwed up <laughs> and instead of saying Happy New Year, said Happy Thanksgiving. First off, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes, Danny. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Tuesday afternoon's press conference was likely the fourth to last press conference for Ron Rivera as Washington head coach. If the schedule for this season holds, uh, Ron will do a press conference on Wednesday, a press conference on Friday, and then a post-game press conference on Sunday evening after the Commanders' season-ending game against the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon beginning at 425, what hopefully will be a season-ending loss for the Commanders. Uh, And then will come Ron being fired by Commanders managing partner Josh Harris on Sunday night or Monday morning or sometime soon after that. Uh, This was a solemn, sad Ron Rivera press conference on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, The presser, like so many of Ron's recent pressers, was kept short. Uh, The presser, like so many of Ron's recent pressers, featured few, if any, hardcore football questions, given that the team season essentially ended months ago. Uh, And the presser, like so many of Ron's recent pressers, featured a Ron Rivera who very clearly knows that he's about to be fired. Ron at the press conference would not say who the commander starting quarterback for this game against the Cowboys will be. Uh, The starting quarterback should be Sam Howell or Jake Fromm. Starting Jacoby Brissett in this game would be pointless, man. (laughs) Uh, But we on Wednesday, presumably, will find out who the commander starting quarterback for this game against the Cowboys will be. Of course, Jacoby was supposed to be the commander starting quarterback for the 27-10 loss to the San Francisco 49ers at FedEx Field this past Sunday afternoon, New Year's Eve afternoon. But He ended up being inactive due to a hamstring injury that we did not find out about until this past Friday. And so the demoted Sam Howell was the commander's starting quarterback. This was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on how Jacoby Brissett is doing. Um, Well, you know, he's just been uh, working with the trainers and everybody, and uh, we'll see how he is tomorrow. But, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, guys, you know, we're just going to continue to focus on getting ready for Dallas. And that was our Jacoby Brissett update for Tuesday afternoon. But yeah, this Ron Rivera press conference on Tuesday afternoon was a despondent press conference. Uh, Here was Ron on Tuesday afternoon on his mood this week. Same as they are last week. You know, only so much you control and so much, you know, happens. So as far as I'm concerned, we're just preparing to play football game on Sunday. All right, here was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if it's easy to block out all of the noise, i.e. the widespread speculation that he's about to be fired. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, because, again, you know, there's no appreciation for what you do unless you're doing it. And uh, whether it's easy or it's hard, it, it is, you know, there, there's still something to appreciate about it. Um, you know, because this, this game is just, it's a special game. And, and um, you know, when you're in it, no matter what's happening, you you appreciate it. That's for sure. Um, obviously, it's it's easier to appreciate when when things are going well. Um, but for the most part, to me, the most important thing is just staying focused on what you're doing, and that's you know our preparations to play the next game. A next game that is against the Cowboys. Uh, a next game that so many Commanders fans, myself included, very much want the team to lose. Given that the Commanders are on the doorstep of having 
the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, Per ESPN Analytics, the Commanders have a 69% chance of getting the number two overall pick in the 2024 draft. 69%. Also per ESPN Analytics, the Commanders have a 91% chance of getting a top three pick in the 2024 draft. We are right there, people. Just one more loss to go. Uh, But this was Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on what beating the Cowboys this Sunday would mean. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, it, it, the, the big thing more than anything else about getting a W is it's Dallas. And, and that's traditionally the, 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 you know, the, to me, this, it's one of the really great rivalries in, in professional sports, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been one of those things that, you know, when neither one of us have, have been, you know, as consistent as the other, um, you know, I know Dallas for the most part is, is, you know, playing well the last few years and and we just haven't been where we really wanted to be you know i think this year obviously everybody's you know had some expectations and as i did for sure yeah and those expectations have not been met and let's be clear about the commanders versus the cowboys during rod rivera's tenure as washington head coach the cowboys have been the better team by far The Skins in January 2020 hired Ron Rivera as head coach. The Cowboys in January 2020 hired Mike McCarthy as head coach. Ron's regular season record as Washington head coach is 26-39-1. Mike's regular season record as Cowboys head coach is 41-25, including 35-15 over the last three years regular seasons. There was talk in January 2020 of the Skins having gotten the better guy, uh, that the Ron Rivera hire was better than the Mike McCarthy hire. Well, here we are four years later, and the reality is, no, the Cowboys got the better guy. The commanders for this 2023 NFL regular season are 4-12 and and have the second worst point differential in the NFL, minus 161. The commanders are in danger of ending their season on an eight-game losing streak. And remember, the franchise got off to its first 2-0 start to a regular season since 2011. The commanders are 2-12 and since their 2-0 start. Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on the most challenging thing about this season. Uh, the, the the thing for me more than anything else has just been the the you know we didn't live up to the expectations that we had um, or that I had personally um, you know I I really felt there were some opportunities and some things that we missed and that to me was probably the the biggest disappointment more than anything else because you know I I, I really felt we had a we had a, a the makings of 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 enough good players. Uh, in certain situations that that we should have won a few more games. And yet, you have not. Uh, Rod Rivera on Tuesday afternoon on if there was a game in which the commander's season truly started to slide. Um, not necessarily. Um, I, I, I think the one that, that, that one situation or circumstances, I, I think if, if I do reflect on it, though, was the Thanksgiving game in Dallas. You know that that game was was disappointing just because of where we were at one point in that game. You know you 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 play with the team and you're right there in it, and then it just it just takes one little simple thing, and the next thing you know, it, it just kind of starts snowballing. 
Yeah, the 45-10 loss at the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. The Commanders entered the fourth quarter trailing 2010. They then lost that fourth quarter 25-0. But for me, the game that was the flashing neon sign that the Commanders were in trouble was the 40-20 loss to the Chicago Bears at FedEx Field on Thursday Night Football on October 5th. That, to me, was the uh uh-oh game. Uh, That was a stunning blowout loss to a Bears team that had lost 14 consecutive regular season games. That was the game that, at least to me, truly got across that this commander's defense was really bad. Uh, There were two answers that Ron Rivera gave on Tuesday afternoon that especially stuck out to me because the answers were to big picture questions. This was Ron on if there are changes after this game against the Cowboys that he feels that he has left Washington in a better place as compared to where the team was when he became the team's head coach. Well, I'd like to think we're, we're in a better place. It's probably a better, a fair way to say it. Um, I, I, I most certainly do appreciate my time here and, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens. And again, we'll, we'll focus in on what's, uh, what's coming first on Sunday and that's uh, getting ready for Dallas. So that to me was a very telling answer. That was a short, vague, nonspecific, evasive answer, because that was a question that Ron Rivera didn't really want to answer, because Ron knows that the correct answer to that question is no, at least as the question relates to Ron. Is Washington in a better place now than the team was when Ron became the team's head coach in January 2020? Well, technically, yes, because Dan Snyder is no longer the owner, but that has nothing to do with anything that Ron did. Ron is Washington head coach in a coach-centric approach, has presided over Washington football operations. And maybe the worst aspect of this awful commander season is that it has shown just how bad of a job the Ron Rivera regime has done with football operations. Bad coaching, bad players, bad results. The commanders this season have not been hit hard by injury. The commanders this season have not faced some overwhelmingly difficult schedule, and yet the commanders have been one of the worst teams in the NFL this season. This season has been a screaming indictment of Washington football operations under Ron Rivera. So no, he isn't leaving the team in a better place as compared to where the team was when he became the team's head coach, other than the fact that the team's ownership (laughs) has changed. The other answer that Ron Rivera gave on Tuesday afternoon that especially stuck out to me was what he said about what he, with his tenure as Washington head coach, is most proud of. Take a listen. Um, What we've done with the culture, I I think that was one of the things that, um, you know, somebody asked me the same question. I said, you know, the biggest thing more than anything else, I think, is I kind of like where we are. Um, You know, it's uh, obviously it's not where we want to be. But, uh, you know, that's just the nature of this game sometimes. So Ron Rivera on what he, with his tenure as Washington head coach, is most proud of. Quote, what we've done with the culture, end quote. All right, let's get into this. Uh, One of the biggest myths of the Ron Rivera era is that he has changed the culture. The basic breakdown of an NFL team is that it has two departments, football operations and business operations. 
the culture problems for Washington that got so much attention, those being the problems that made up the workplace misconduct scandal and financial scandal, were mostly business operations problems. Uh, Ron, as Washington head coach, has presided over the team's football operations. The cleaning up of Washington business operations has had very little to do with Ron Rivera. And let's be honest, the team's business operations basically had no choice but to get better with how bad things were. The NFL investigations, the congressional investigation, all of the bombshell reports, etc. So I don't give Ron Rivera some big pat on the back for the culture of the team's business operations being better. What about football operations? How is the culture of the team's football operations doing? How are we doing with that? Washington over four regular seasons with Ron Rivera as head coach is 26-39-1 with not a single winning regular season. Washington over four regular seasons with Ron Rivera as head coach has a point differential of minus 276. Washington over four years with Ron Rivera as head coach in the coach-centric approach has not drafted well. Washington over four years with Ron Rivera as head coach has had a variety of key players not attend OTA practices. Is all of this part of an improved culture? And then there is the other stuff, the ugly stuff, the Ryan Vermillion mess. Ryan Vermillion was Ron Rivera's guy. The Skins on January 6th, 2020, officially announced the hiring of Ryan Vermillion as their head athletic trainer. He had spent 18 seasons, 2002 through 2019, as the head athletic trainer for the Carolina Panthers. Nearly half of that time was spent working under Ron Rivera during his time as Panthers head coach, January 2011 to December 2019. Well, we on October 4th, 2021 learned that Washington Director of Sports Medicine and Head Athletic Trainer Ryan Vermillion had been placed on administrative leave for what the team called an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the team. Uh, This was due to the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department on October 1st, 2021, having conducted searches at Washington's team facility and at Vermillion's residence. Ryan Vermillion on August 19th, 2022 in U.S. District Court in Alexandria, Virginia, agreed to deferred prosecution and to the U.S. Attorney's Office's statement of facts. But we had the DEA, La Dea, (laughs) as my friends on the great Netflix show Narcos would say, La Dea, conducting a search at Washington's team facility thanks to a hiring made by Ron Rivera. Also, the DeShazer Everett Olivia Peters tragedy. December 23rd, 2021, two days before Christmas 2021, then Washington safety DeShazer Everett was the driver in a fatal one-car crash in Loudoun County, Virginia, that killed the vehicle's passenger, 29-year-old Olivia Peters. DeShazer on February 8, 2022, was charged with involuntary manslaughter. DeShazer on July 19, 2022, pleaded guilty to a lesser charge of reckless driving. And DeShazer on September 8, 2022, 
was sentenced to three months of house arrest, was ordered to do 100 hours of community service, was fined $2,500, and had his driver's license suspended for six months. We thought that that was the end of this. But how about the latest in this? Olivia Peters' mom, Kathleen Peters. She has filed a $25 million wrongful death lawsuit against DeShazer Everett, Commander's linebacker, Jamin Davis, Commander's corner, Benjamin St. Juice, and one other person claiming that the accident that killed Olivia Peters was a function of DeShazer, Jamin, and Benjamin racing their cars. The lawsuit was filed in Loudoun County Circuit Court on December 22nd. As you may recall, Jamin Davis and Benjamin St. Juice spoke to police and said that they were in a car behind DeShazer's car on the night of the fatal accident, uh, this after having gone out to dinner with DeShazer. Well, this lawsuit from Kathleen Peters claims that uh, Jamin and Benjamin were not just innocent little angels in all of this. Uh, also, the lawsuit claims that DeShazer's car was equipped with nitrous oxide, which can boost a car's horsepower and is illegal in Virginia, along with racing tires and a roll cage. Awesome! <laughs> Outstanding stuff right there. Additionally, remember, we have the other legal trouble for Jamin Davis, who, remember, was drafted in part for being a great character guy. Remember all of that? But Jamin Davis, on March 28th, 2022, was charged with reckless driving, this for going 114 miles per hour in a 45-mile-per-hour zone in Loudoun County, Virginia. Uh, a judge this past July 31st rejected a plea agreement for Jamin. A judge this past August 3rd rejected a revised plea agreement for Jamin. And so a new hearing was set that hearing for this past August 31st, and what came from that hearing was that Jamin's appeal was continued to March 4th, 2024. He, on that date, is scheduled to face a jury trial, uh, although a new plea deal is a possibility. A resolution with the state of Virginia is a possibility, too. And by the way, coming out in all of this has been that Jamin Davis also was charged with reckless driving in December 2021. So we have all of this stuff that I just took you through. You tell me, is all of this part of an improved culture for Washington with Ron Rivera as head coach? And look, I'm not blaming Ron for what happened to Olivia Peters. Uh, I also don't think that Ron is a bad guy. I actually have a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. But where is this significantly improved culture that he and others love to reference? Where are the examples of this significantly improved culture? Tell me. Show me. The idea that Ron Rivera has significantly improved Washington's culture is a myth. It's fake news. And as we are in the final days of his tenure as Washington head coach, I think it's important to speak the truth about this uh, culture myth. Uh, one more for you from Ron Rivera on Tuesday afternoon. Here he was on if he this Sunday against the Cowboys will appreciate being on the sideline a little more than normal. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, to me, it's it, it's always been uh, an exciting, a, a thrill, and an honor to, to be on the field in the NFL. That's for sure. I mean, there's there's only 32 of these jobs. There's only 32 of these teams. And, uh, you know, you always appreciate 
just that opportunity more than anything else. And, and again, as I said, you really don't know unless you've been there. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have been, uh, you know, in, in this position and, um, in, in, uh, football, you know, whether I was a player or, or an assistant coach, coordinator, or head coach. I mean, that, that's, to me, that's pretty cool. So I'm, like I said, I've been very fortunate. Well, Ron Rivera has been very fortunate. He has had an impressive football life, but his tenure as Washington head coach is about to end, and it should end. Well, if you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., you can put an end to dealing with insurance, this by putting BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan and a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people like Matt Brooks who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see, BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and off the employer so that the employee and the employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work for you. Go to insurancebmc.com, talk to Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Well, when it comes to what Commander's football operations will be after the expected, imminent, and needed blowing up of Commander's football operations within the next week or so, there is the who, but there also is the how. Who Commander's managing partner Josh Harris has running the team's football operations beyond this season is huge. Nothing with the team's upcoming offseason matters more. We on episode 708 of this podcast got a great breakdown of potential head of football operations slash general manager candidates for the commanders from pro football focus salary cap analyst Brad Spielberger. I would highly encourage you to check out that conversation if you haven't heard it already. But we in recent days have had some stuff out there regarding the how 
of Commander's football operations moving forward. NFL insiders Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero of NFL Network and NFL.com, they in a piece that came out this past Saturday night, reported the following regarding the expected nuking of Commander's football operations. Quote, expect the Commanders to at least explore a modified front office structure that more closely resembles other sports with a president of football operations type overseeing the head coach and GM. Eugene Shen, who was hired in October as Senior Vice President of Football Strategy, oversees analytics and software for the football department and will remain part of the leadership team moving forward. End quote. Additionally, a good friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic, he in a piece that came out on New Year's Day went through a variety of potential head of football operations slash general manager candidates for the Commanders. Among those people... Dawn Aponte. Uh, Dawn Aponte. She works for the NFL, for the league. She is the NFL's chief administrator of football operations. Uh, said a current NFL general manager to Ben, quote, why a team has not hired Dawn Aponte makes zero sense to me. She is incredible, end quote. Well, Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post She on Tuesday morning on X wrote, quote, have heard Dawn Aponte's name as a potential executive vice president of football operations candidate, end quote. And other people in the Washington, D.C. area media then echoed what Nikki put out there on X. Uh, Aponte has worked for NFL teams. She has worked for the New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, and Cleveland Browns. So all of these items suggest that Josh Harris is at least considering a football operations structure of president, then general manager, then head coach. We also had this from NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB in a piece that came out on December 15th. He wrote the following off the NFL's special league meeting in Irving, Texas on December 12th and 13th. Quote, we're all learning on the fly about Commander's owner Josh Harris, who was accompanied by one of his limited partners, Mitchell Rails, at this week's league meetings in Dallas. And one thing I learned down in Texas over the last few days could at least color how the next couple of months go with the new owners and their team. Harris likes how the Commander's Beltway rivals from Baltimore do business, end quote. There is no perfect front office setup for an NFL team. Uh, There are a variety of setups that can work, including, believe it or not, the coach-centric setup, uh, even though that has been a failure for Washington with Ron Rivera. But the San Francisco 49ers have a coach-centric setup. But if Josh Harris is wanting to model the commanders after the Baltimore Ravens, it is worth noting that the Ravens do not have this setup in which a president of football operations oversees the general manager and head coach. The Ravens have the traditional general manager head coach setup. Uh, They do have a team president uh, who is Sashi Brown, the same Sashi Brown who was with the Wizards. Uh, Sashi Brown in July 2019 was hired as chief planning and operations officer for the newly formed Monumental Basketball. uh, And then in November 2021 was promoted to president of Monumental Basketball. But then in February 2022 resigned from Monumental Basketball in order to become president of the Ravens. But Sashi Brown as Ravens president is in charge of 
business operations, not football operations, uh, which is led by Eric DaCosta. Uh, he is the Ravens' executive vice president and general manager. Uh, he is in charge of the team's player personnel. Uh, and then John Harbaugh is the head coach. Now, I'm sure that Harbaugh has some say in player personnel, but the Ravens' official website literally says of DaCosta, quote, DaCosta has been with the franchise since day one, first beginning as an intern during the inaugural 1996 season and then ascending to the personnel department's chief decision maker in 2019, end quote. So the team's own website says that Eric DaCosta is the team's chief decision maker in terms of player personnel. Also key for the Ravens is their director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, uh, who is viewed as a potential head of football operations slash general manager candidate for the commanders. Uh, But if Josh Harris is using the Ravens as a model for commanders football operations, uh, the Ravens actually have the traditional general manager head coach setup. The Ravens really are amazing. They are in the midst of their fifth double-digit win regular season in six seasons. The Ravens, since the start of the 1999 season, have had just five losing regular seasons. Uh, The Ravens are known for being big on analytics, something that we know that Josh Harris is big on. Heck, Eugene Shen, uh, who the commanders on October 26th announced as having hired as their senior vice president of football strategy, he worked for the Ravens for years. Uh, Shen got his start in the NFL with the Ravens, who he worked for from August 2014 to May 2019. He rose to being the Ravens' director of coaching analytics, worked closely with John Harbaugh. The Ravens for years have been considered a team at the forefront of analytics in the NFL, but I would say that the number one team in the NFL in terms of usage of analytics is the Philadelphia Eagles, who even with their recent struggles uh, are having a sixth winning regular season in seven seasons. And the Eagles, like the Ravens, have the traditional general manager head coach setup. Uh, Eagles executive vice president and general manager Howie Roseman runs the team's player personnel. Howie Roseman is maybe the single best executive in the NFL. Uh, The Eagles head coach is Nick Sirianni. And I would say that Eagles assistant general manager Alec Hallaby is a name to remember. He is a guy who I am very intrigued by as a potential head of football operations slash general manager candidate for the commanders. Uh, An NFL team that does have this uh, football operations setup of president, general manager, head coach is the Detroit Lions, who for this regular season are 11 and 5, a second consecutive winning regular season off the team having had four straight double digit loss regular seasons, to say nothing of the Lions' long-term struggles when you go back decades. But the Lions have Rod Wood as president and CEO. He, per the team's official website, quote, oversees all football and business operations of the Lions organization, end quote. The Lions have Brad Holmes as executive vice president and general manager and have Dan Campbell as head coach. You know, it's funny, the Redskins actually had this football operations setup of president, general manager, head coach that Josh Harris supposedly is intrigued by. The Skins from January 2015 to March 2017 had Bruce Allen, aka Brucifer, as team president, Scott McLuhan as general manager, and Jay Gruden as head coach. Uh, The setup, like many things with our football team, did not last long uh, for a variety of reasons. But the setup for an NFL front office in terms of football operations doesn't matter nearly as much as the people making up the setup, right? 
Are the people excellent at what they do? Are the people great at drafting players and navigating free agency? Are the people on the same page? Is there organizational alignment? You know, one of the things that has really been illuminated this season is just how bad of a job that Ron Rivera, as Washington head coach, in the coach-centric approach, uh, has done a drafting, especially the 2021 through 2023 drafts, which were run by Ron, general manager Martin Mayhew, and executive vice president of football slash player personnel, Marty Herney. Uh, The Skins' first draft with Ron, the 2020 draft, was run by Ron and Kyle Smith, who was the team's vice president of player personnel. That draft was at least so-so. I mean, the team got running back Antonio Gibson in the third round, got safety Cameron Curl and edge defender James Smith-Williams in the seventh round, uh, and did get edge defender Chase Young with the number two overall pick. And no, he did not live up to being taken with the number two overall pick, but he at least was the Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year for the 2020 season. But the 2021 through 2023 drafts, uh, those run by Ron and the two Martys, look quite bad right now. Well, quite good is catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. If you are planning a party, a wedding, whatever, uh, and you need a good catering service, go with Catering by Uptown, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Catering by Uptown, it is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations, and Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a 1,000 delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. Say hello to Michael Pereira and the rest of the Catering by Uptown family. The Pereiras are great and knowledgeable Commanders fans and will do a tremendous job for you. Visit cateringbyuptown.com. That's cateringbyuptown.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
we all love the NFL, and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking NFL winners, only with Little Caesars pizza, you never lose. Uh, And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery, as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Well, the Capitals on Tuesday night played their arch rivals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, for the first time since the Caps' opening game for this 2023-2024 NHL regular season. The Caps got shut out by the Penguins 4-0 at Capital One Arena on Friday night, October 13th. Yes, Friday the 13th. Uh, Did not go well for the Caps. Uh, They suffered their first shutout loss in 49 all-time regular season openers, but the Caps on Tuesday night defeated the Penguins, a 4-3 win at the Penguins. The Caps in this NHL regular season now are 18-11-6. The Caps snapped a four-game losing streak, although two of the losses had been shootout losses. The Caps erupted for a 4-0 lead in the first period and then had to hold on to win. Uh, The Caps won the first period 4-1, lost the second period 2-0, and then we had a scoreless third period despite the Caps in that third period having just three shots on goal to the Penguins 13. This was Caps head coach Spencer Carberry during his postgame session with reporters on Tuesday night. Give our guys credit, the second period was um, a disaster for for lack of a better term, Um, but we still had 20 minutes to go and we're protecting a lead so we turned our mindset completely did a 180 and got back to doing the things that you need to do to win games in this league and it's not always pretty and it didn't we didn't control play in the third period didn't generate very much but what we did do was we made smart decisions with the puck we supported we communicated we did the things that you have to do to win games in this league especially when you're protecting leads and especially when the other team is going to be over aggressive and be taking chances and be pushing for offense and, and I thought we did a real good job and penalty kill stepped up as well. Two huge kills late in the third period to protect that lead. Yeah, the Caps won the game despite getting ripped in the puck possession battle. The Caps had just 22 shots on goal to the Penguins' 35, including just 11 shots on goal to the Penguins' 29 over the final two periods. And the Caps, per natural stat trick, had just 45-on-five shot attempts to the Penguins' 53. But the Caps' starting goaltender, Darcy Kemper, Got the job done. Uh, He was the cap starting goaltender for just the 10th time in 22 games since returning from injury. And considering how bad Kemper has been lately, he on Tuesday night was pretty good. He stopped 32 of the 35 shots on goal that he faced, including all 13 of the shots on goal that he faced in the third period. Kemper per natural stat trick stopped 11 of the 13 high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped four of the five medium danger shots on goal that he faced, and stopped all 16 of the low danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, The Caps blocked a lot of shots. The Caps had 23 block shots to the Penguins' nine. Uh, Did go just two or three on the penalty kill, but also went one of two 
on the power play as the great eight scored a power play goal. Top line left wing Alex Ovechkin scored a power play goal 19-18 into the first period. Uh, Ovi, second consecutive game in which he scores a goal. He now has eight goals this regular season. So perhaps finally he's getting going in terms of scoring goals. Also Ovechkin on Tuesday night had a team high tying four shots on goal. Uh, The Caps got first period even strand goals from top line right wing Tom Wilson. Fourth line left wing Beck Malenstein and defenseman Martin Fehervari, who was back. He returned from a one-game absence caused by an upper body injury that he suffered in the camp's 5-1 loss at the New York Islanders this past Friday night. So, so much for him being out for a while. Fehervari was good. He also had a game-high six hits and had a game-high tying four block shots. He did commit a third-period holding minor. Next up for the Caps, a game on Wednesday night, home to the New Jersey Devils, Wednesday night at 7.30. Well, we on Tuesday night had conference games for both Maryland and Georgetown basketball, and uh, both teams got ripped. Uh, Maryland for this season fell to 9-5 overall and 1-2 in the Big Ten with a 67-53 loss to number one Purdue at Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland on Tuesday night. The loss snapped the Terrapins' 19-game home winning streak. Uh, Official attendance for this game was 14,314, but it was a shame that a big game like this was held uh, with students still on winter break. It also was a shame that the Terps never held a lead in the game. Uh, They allowed Purdue to begin the game on an 8-0 run, trailed by as many as 15 points in the first half, and trailed by as many as 22 points in the second half. Uh, The Terps' defense actually wasn't that bad, although they did have problems with Purdue's behemoth of a center. Uh, 7-4 Canadian Zach Eady, he in 34 minutes as a starter, went 8-13 from the field, all twos and 7-8 on free throws. He finished with 23 points, 12 rebounds, including three offensive boards and two assists, although he did commit five turnovers. But the real problem for the Terps in this game was their shooting, which was awful. Uh, They went just 5 of 22 on threes, just 16 of 41 on twos, and just 6 of 11 on free throws. The Terps for this season are shooting 27.2% on threes. Uh, That is hideous. (laughs) This was Terps head coach Kevin Willard during his postgame press conference on Tuesday night. Well, we missed seven wide open threes in the first half. So, I don't know how much more we can do when you get a wide open shot. I, I can, I'll try to put a new play in to get a wide, wide, wide open shot. Maybe that will help. Yeah, well, what uh, also might help is uh, recruiting some guys who can shoot. Uh, how about one of the Terps' best players, 6'9", Julian Reese? He, on Tuesday night, in 34 minutes as a starter, went scoreless. Uh, he went 0-4 from the field, all twos, and did not generate a single free throw attempt, and he committed 
four fouls. A very disappointing game for a guy who is a good player, Julian Reese. He did have seven rebounds, two steals, and two assists versus one turnover. Uh, 6-1 point guard, Jameer Young, he scored 26 of the Terps' 53 points. He, in 35 minutes as a starter, went 2-6 of on threes and 10 of 17 on twos. Did go 0-3 on free throws. Also had four rebounds, including three offensive boards. But uh, he, off a recent illness, actually did not play that well, at least according to Kevin Willard at that post-game press conference on Tuesday night. Take a listen. Yeah, I think JY would be the first to tell you that he didn't play well. So, I mean, his numbers were good, um, and he gave us everything like he always does. But I just think, you know, you got to look past his scoring. He, he's been so much better. Um, he, he was just a little bit out of it tonight, and I think uh, – for good reason. I was. Re- I'm happy with the fact that he fought through it and he kind of got his legs back in the second half. So to me, that was the most encouraging thing. That's why I kept him out there so long. All right. Next up for Maryland at Minnesota, Sunday evening at 5:30. Meantime, Georgetown it for this season fell to seven and seven overall and 0 and three in the Big East with a 77-60 loss to Creighton at Capital One Arena on Tuesday night. Official attendance for this game was just 4,000. 980. Uh, the Hoyas trailed for the entire second half. Uh, we're without their best player, 6-2 Illinois transfer Jaden Epps due to a right ankle injury. Epps, unfortunately, has missed some games this season uh, due to some like random stuff. Uh, the Hoyas got shredded in the paint. Uh, they got outscored in the paint 42-22. Held Creighton at just 8 of 25 on threes, but allowed Creighton to go 25 of 34 on twos. And the Hoyas got out rebounded big time 42 21. Creighton's 7 1 center, Ryan Kelkbrenner, and 6 7 Baylor Shireman. Those two guys for Creighton combined for 21 rebounds. So those two guys had as many rebounds as the Hoyas had as a team. Uh, no Hoyas player had more than five rebounds. A bright spot for the Hoyas was the 6-4 Texas transfer, Rowan Brumball. He, in 33 minutes as a starter, went 3-7 on threes, 4-9 on twos, and 2-2 two two on free throws. He finished with 19 points, five assists versus two turnovers and three rebounds. Next up for Georgetown, home to DePaul, Saturday at noon. Uh, we spent the last two segments talking Capitals and college basketball. Underdog fantasy is great, not just for fantasy football, pro and college, but also fantasy basketball, pro and college, and fantasy hockey. The daily pick'em games are super easy and fun. The season-long fantasy is simple. Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI. My last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI. Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Uh, Underdog Fantasy offers these daily pick'em games in which you simply take a player going higher or lower a given total. Uh, Underdog Fantasy offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be very time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money in it. Take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, 
Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. And before we call it a show, I do want to hit on what happened with Liberty football on Monday afternoon. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) that was not pretty. Uh, Number 23 Liberty got smashed by number eight Oregon 45-6 in the Fiesta Bowl at State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona on Monday afternoon, New Year's Day afternoon. The Fiesta Bowl, not much of a fiesta for Liberty. The Flames, uh, they got flamed by the Ducks. Uh, The Flames in the first quarter held a 6-0 lead. They then lost the rest of the game 45-0, including losing the second quarter 28-0. Uh, The concern for the Flames coming into this game was whether their defense, which really wasn't that good, would stop Oregon's ultra-potent offense to any significant degree. And the answer was a resounding no. Liberty got shredded by Oregon quarterback Bo Nix. He went 28-35 for 363 yards, five touchdowns, and no interceptions. And he took no sacks. Nix completed 18 of his last 19 pass attempts to finish his season with a completion percentage of 77.45, setting a new NCAA record for highest completion percentage by a qualified FBS quarterback in a season. The previous record had been 77.36, which was set by Alabama's Mac Jones in the 2020 season. Uh, Also, Liberty allowed Oregon running backs Bucky Irving and Jordan James to combine for 23 carries for 180 yards and a touchdown. And the Flames offense, which had been so good this season, got shut down. Uh, Liberty had just 294 total net yards of offense to Oregon's 584. Uh, The two teams for this game were fairly intact. There were not a ton of guys from either team not playing in the game due to entering the 2024 NFL draft or entering the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, Liberty was without a key defensive back in Preston Hodge as he entered the portal and transferred to Colorado. But Oregon was without two key corners. Kyrie Jackson opted out of the game to prepare for the 2024 draft. And Triquez Bridges entered the transfer portal and transferred to Florida. Uh, The Flames in this game simply got outclassed by Oregon. But look, this still was a tremendous season for Liberty. 13-1 overall, including 8-0 in Conference USA. The Flames won the Conference USA Championship game, a 49-35 win over New Mexico State at Williams Stadium at Lynchburg, Virginia on December 1st. And Liberty, which has been an FBS team since just 2018, made a New Year's Six Bowl game 
this season. I mean, think about that. A New Year's Six bowl game was made by Liberty this season. That is a tremendous accomplishment. And all of this happened with a new head coach, Jamie Chadwell. Uh, He, in December 2022, was hired as Flames head coach off a nice four-season run as Coastal Carolina head coach. He was hired to replace Hugh Freeze, who left his job as Liberty head coach to become Auburn's head coach. And Now we see what comes next for the Flames, because we on Tuesday afternoon had big news, Uh, the news that Liberty Star quarterback Caden Salter is entering the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, Now, Salter did not have a good game in the Fiesta Bowl. He actually took some grief (laughs) online for how he wears his helmet up high uh, on his head. But Caden Salter had a tremendous season, what was his redshirt sophomore season. He, for this season, is number nine among all qualified FBS quarterbacks in ESPN's total QBR. So if he is about to go, uh, that is a significant blow to Liberty football. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 733. We'll provide you with more on the commanders as they on Wednesday are beginning their practice week for their season finale. Mercifully, this commander season is on the verge of coming to an end. Uh, Commanders versus the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field this Sunday afternoon at 425. Also on Thursday show, I'll talk Capitals, Wizards, and Virginia basketball. The Caps are home to the New Jersey Devils Wednesday night at 7.30. The Wizards are at the Cleveland Cavaliers Wednesday night at 7. And UVA is home to Louisville Wednesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. First off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.